Good morning, everyone, and welcome to SDGC's episode six of our Final Fantasy retrospective, in which we are going back over every single one of the mainline Final Fantasy games and talking about what we love, what we don't love, um, and uh, just you know everything everything regarding Final Fantasy. And uh, of course, this is episode six, so we will be talking about Final Fantasy VI. And just to go over the rules once more, again, these are Final Fantasies one through fifteen. We are not talking about offshoots. We're not talking about tactics. We're not talking about any of the uh, Saga Frontier games, which can be considered Final Fantasy offshoots. We're not talking about any of the mobile games. Uh, we're not talking about sequels like Final Fantasy X-2 or Final Fantasy XIII-2. Uh, we will discuss those games at some point, but for right now, this is a mainline series discussion only. And for Final Fantasy VI, uh, for this discussion, we have, uh, of course, myself. I'm John, aka at Mr. Megative on Twitter. And we also have Derek. Derek, hello. Good morning. What's going on? I, uh, I woke up early to be here. Yes, you did. Sure did. I, it's not that early for me. Oh, I, I forget. You work at night, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we also have uh, we have we have Finn. Uh, Finn, good morning, my friend. Slash the Nola Nerdcast. Hello, everybody. Mm. And uh, yeah, uh, be sure to throw out your Twitter handles as well. And uh, Rebecca is here for our first. Uh, she this is her first Final Fantasy discussion with us, Rebecca. This is the only one you've actually beaten, right? It's the only one I've actually beaten. I'm Duck Valentine on Twitter, and I'm a morning person. Yes, you are. You are <laughs> you've got enough energy for all of us right now, I think. Uh, and we have a guest uh, for the next few Final Fantasy retrospectives because we record them all at the same time, uh, at least large chunks of them. So uh, Natalie Flores from RPG Site and also an intern for Paste. Natalie, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Rebecca was super excited to have you on. I know, and I was really excited to be with Rebecca. Yes! <laughs> you just, just made Rebecca's entire day. day. You seriously have, like, this is the best way I could have possibly started my day. <laughs> So uh, just for everybody out there, um, I'm still kind of trying to get over a cold. So if I'm sniffling and coughing, uh, I do apologize. Um, there's no way to edit that out, right, Derek? We can't. We can't edit out my sickness, right? Like we can't. I might be able I to mean, mute some parts of, of it, depending. <laughs> or that. All right, edit that out. Um, all right, so guys, Final Fantasy VI uh, released uh, in 1994. Um, the first, uh, the first of the Super Nintendo. No, I'm sorry, the third of, the, or it was the second. The third, third, the third, four, five, six. Second week, I had my, I had my generations mixed up. The last of the Super Nintendo uh, generation Final Fantasies, um, and roundly considered by, I would say, at least the vast majority of the Final Fantasy community to be either the best or in the top three, I would say. Um, of course, it is my favorite Final Fantasy. It's my favorite game of all time. I consider it a perfect game. Um, which is a big, it's a big, uh, it's a big claim. I know, and, and nothing on earth is truly perfect. I have said multiple times that um, part of the reason we love the things we do is not so much the thing itself, but the circumstances in our lives. Uh, you know, when it, when we encountered that thing, uh, which kind of provides a flavor, a unique flavor for for you know for everybody, not just in games, but in life. Uh, and so, Final Fantasy VI. No, so I want. I'm really glad Rebecca is here because this is the only Final Fantasy that you've actually played through to completion. You picked oh, a good what? one. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm throwing it at you. Oh, like, okay. You, like. Yeah. So I, um, I, I was actually, I came into gaming later than the majority of my peers. Like, I'm in my late twenties, but I really didn't start gaming until I was in like kind of my early mid teens, um, which is a little late for that age group. Um, and so I missed most of the Final Fantasy games as they were coming out. Like, I and I didn't have like a PlayStation or any of the systems that they were on at the time. So every Final Fantasy that I played, I played later than it actually occurred. I played ten, 
couldn't beat it. Played seven. We'll get to that later. Um, but six, um, I actually didn't play until last year, I think, at the urging of my friend, because Chrono Trigger is my favorite game of all time, and Final Fantasy VI is his. There's and he would not get off my case about Final Fantasy VI being better than Chrono Trigger, and he's like, you have to play it. And so I finally dug in and played it, and it just... I also, I guess it was, it was a couple years ago because, I mean, what you said about the circumstances that you play it being really important, I played it right as the election a couple years ago was going on, uh, the presidential election, and yeah. I think there is a lot of, there are a lot of parallels in something just, I mean, it's not, it's not the same, but, you know, a lot of just devastating, something really devastating, like, actually happening to, you know, the your country or your world at large and having the soldier on in spite of that. So we can all agree that Trump is Gestahl and Stephen Miller is Kefka, right? Like that's that that that's a thing. That that's well, that, that's going to be a thing now, right? Kefka has real hair, though. I think so. He yeah. does. Well, yeah. Well, hey, you know, hey, you can always spray it on. You know, you know, like he does. You know, like Stephen Miller does. Um, if you come to SDGC, you know you're going to get it. it's a trash fire. Uh, Natalie, you are a big as, as opposed to uh, supposed to Rebecca. You you played all the Final Fantasy. Like you're 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 like me and Finn and Derek here. Yes. Yes, I love the series. It's probably my favorite JRPG series. Yeah, yeah. And six is six and nine are the ones that I think are like objectively the best. Like I feel like we have we all have subjective favorites. Ten is mine, but six and nine are pretty much perfect Final Fantasy games. Which me. is interesting. And I, yeah. with, Natalie, that's really interesting because six and nine, I think I, I think we would all agree are the most similar thematically and aesthetically. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, both heavily based on, you know, steampunk and, you know, like a, kind of a, a mixture of steam powered and iron and medieval stuff. Um, so, yeah, no, that's that's really interesting that, that that those type of Final Fantasy seem to resonate more with people than the cyberpunk stuff. Uh, uh, Derek, where would you rank Final Fantasy six in your in your top in your in your list of 15? Where would you where would you? Throw oh, it? I mean, personally, and I think objectively, it's it's the best game in the franchise. Um, I believe that there are other games that do individual parts better, maybe. Um, but the thing is, six as a total package, no other Final Fantasy game to me comes as close when you look at like, you know, characters, overall story beats, how well they tell that story, the aesthetic, the gameplay mechanics, um, the music, right? Like you, you take this as a whole package. There's no game that does all of those things as well as Final Fantasy VI does in its totality. Um, and I think that, you know, when you look at it, okay, maybe Final Fantasy VI isn't every single person's top or favorite Final Fantasy, but I don't think I've ever seen like a list to be taken seriously that has Final Fantasy VI outside of the top three. I've never seen that. Either. It's, yeah, it's pretty universal. And that's rare because Final Fantasy rankings are a trash fire. So true. like Look except for Final Fantasy VI to get so much universal respect, no matter how weird the list is, is pretty impressive and should speak for itself. I'm just glad that we have somebody on here who shares my Final Fantasy XII opinions, Natalie. Um, yeah. mm -hmm, that's maybe right. I can join for that one you, and we can have like a trash I would be happy party. for you to join I'm going to need support for, for Final yes. Fantasy 12 okay. we're going to do it We do. And, it. Uh, and, and Finn you are like Derek and myself You Final Fantasy 6 is, is at the very top of your list that is correct uh, I grew up playing with them so I can't even point to it as it it's because it's my first Final Fantasy and I grew up with it like uh, I believe uh, happens to a lot of people it was my sixth, no, that's a lie, third 
Final Fantasy because I lived in America. But it, <laughs> much like Derek, it, unlike other games that you might cherish from your childhood, Final Fantasy VI undeniably holds up to this day. I can play it yep. right now and still be blown away at certain moments about just how well polished and put together this game was. And it, it doesn't hurt that the uh, the graphical style aged like, yeah, like, like wine. just so well. Uh, kiss. And that's why we won't talk about the iOS version. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's no... I think, and I think that's a really good point, too, because like I said, I played this two years ago, and I'm someone who's really, really picky about older games. Like, I, I find, like, I hate... God, I hate Ocarina of Time because I didn't play it when it came out. And oh, I just, I feel, I, I know, I'm sorry. But like, that's an example of a game that is I'm just so beloved. But I, pl I play it and I'm like, this didn't age well. I hate this. Um, but I, I so thought that I'd feel the same way about Final Fantasy VI, but I don't. Like, I just, I loved it so I, much. I will actually just, not to get too off topic, but I will agree with you, Rebecca. N64 PlayStation 1 games did not age as well as Super yeah. Nintendo. Early, God, no. early Polygon games no. did but not graphically age to, uh, well. No. Final Fantasy, going back to just why I love this game, I have a very distinct memory I want to just quickly shout out and how I even came across it. At the time, I didn't own a Super Nintendo. Uh, I had borrowed it from a friend who was going on vacation, and I had gotten grounded because I was bad at camp one day. And <laughs> Bad my, at camping or bad, bad at, at camp? camp? I was bad at camp, so I got grounded. <laughs> You're a Finn terrible a, camper, Finn. Finn was yeah, a I bad thought, boy. Camping. That's what I thought too. Like, my parents were at work because I was sick one day, but I was still grounded. And I remember sneaking the Super Nintendo from my friend, plugging it in, playing it, not realizing you had to save. I thought all you had to do was touch the blue thing and it saved. I didn't understand the concept of manual saving. Uh, oh. And so I got all the way to Figaro. And, no. was and my parents came home and was like, turn it off, throw it, like hide it. And then I came back. But I wasn't mad. I got to play it all again. Like yeah. that's how much at the moment I was like drawn and I was like, oh, I get to do that whole thing again. Like I'm in, let's go. So, it, so here's, mm. here's something else we should address. And I, I want to throw this to Natalie first. Um, let's talk about characters because Final Fantasy VI has the largest cast of characters in the entire series. I think what's about 22 characters in, in, the, in the game from Terra to Strago. Um, there's a, it's, maybe it's 18, it's between 18 and 20, 22. I can't remember how many, but there's a lot. It's not so, 22. No, that seems excessive. Maybe it's maybe it's eighteen. It, it's, Final Fantasy it's, it's six was excessive. It's the like, cast. Yeah, it, it is. It is the. It is by far the largest cast in the. By a pretty series. wide mile. Um, and I want to throw it to Natalie first. Uh, Natalie, Natalie, which uh, which characters resonated with you the most in Final Fantasy six? Which had the strongest arc? I guess. I know that Tarot was really big for me. Uh, I wrote. Uh, a piece on RPG site about how I played Final Fantasy VI. I was also a bit late to it, so I played it when I was like 12 or 13 or so. Um, but for women, like a lot of the media that we consume defines love as just this romance between a man and a woman. And so playing the game, there's the whole theme of Tara trying to find out who she is, uh, what her identity means in this world, what's her place in this world. And part of it has to do with the fact that she doesn't know what love is, and she wants to find out what love is. And the whole game, I feel, misleads you purposely into thinking that she will find someone 
a man to fall in love with and that will be the defining moment of her relationship and her character um but when she becomes the caretaker of all those children mm. in i believe mobiles is the town mobiles yeah yeah that moment where she just awakens to herself and her character arc comes full circle not because of the love of a male character that she falls in love with but the love that she has for children and motherhood is so important and in her character arc that taught me to think about how there are different forms of love and it's weird that it took that being represented in a video game for me to realize that for me to think outside of the box but I did and so that game was really important to me in that regard because now that was the start of the wider plethora of relationships and bonds we women can form in the media. Well that and that's I'm I'm so I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up because it, you know it's really interesting right like they fake you out with the Leo thing like cuz I think everybody thought that Tara yeah. was going to have her love arc with with General Leo right. Yeah. yeah. Then he dies. And in the world of Ruin, it finds out that the real love story was between Tara and those children, um, which was, you know? I, and, and you know, it's, Natalie, it's interesting because it's, that is the, Final Fantasy VI is a game of firsts, I think. Like no other By game, uh, no other game at that point had touched on issues of motherhood and, and, you know, and, and the love that a mother has for her child. And also in Mobla's, um, uh, also touched on the issues of teen pregnancy for the yep. first time. And which, which I don't, with, uh, with uh, Dwayne and Katarin. Uh, which I don't think had ever been done in a game before as well. Um, so, uh, and, and as soon as you said Tara, Natalie, I, I, I was like, she's, she's going to talk about the kids. I, yeah. I, I knew that's yeah. where you were going. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. Go, going off of what John said about firsts, like I remember this game being the first time so many different themes that at that up until that point had felt taboo in games. Like they just wouldn't touch it, whether it's a, a suicide, genocide. I learned what genocide was xenophobia like all these five dollar words that i realized i first encountered while playing final fantasy 6 which is interesting finn because you know like like they, they touch on all these on all these really deep issues but at the same time they were too afraid to use the word holy so they 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 changed it to pearl and the woolsey yeah uh you know yeah in the woolsey well, translation it, it, yeah. it, it's like, a weird thing because and i think it's because they they touch on all the theme all these themes without ever explicitly stating them well, and so, i think that's how it worked so so um as far as favorite it's characters like the go, opposite of david cage exactly yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, absolutely that's a, oh, that's that's a, a really good way, way, to, way put to put it, it. <laughs> um as far as favorite characters for me go and then i want to kick it over to rebecca um for me you know i thought about this for a long time i really because you know everybody i think i think every male in a way wants to see themselves as like a lock type character you like you know that dashing heroic you know and and i love Locke as a character but my but my favorite collector, or my favorite collector, Jesus, my favorite character in the game is actually Celeste, um, yes. because I grew up with a uh, a rather abusive drunk a drunk for a, a father, um, and things were difficult for me. I didn't have a lot of friends in high school. I was very withdrawn and shut off, and um, just in a very dark place. Uh, I didn't see a whole lot of value in myself or in or in life or in the people around me. And then when Final Fantasy VI came into my life, um, I, spent a, I spent a lot of time playing Final Fantasy VI. And that moment where uh, the world is uh, torn apart, uh, you know, Kefka moves the warring triad out of alignment and the world is ripped apart. And Celeste awakens a year later to find herself in this desolated landscape. And none of her friends are around her. Um, I did not know you could keep Sid alive at that point. So he died. And then she walks to the top of a cliff 
and commits or at least she attempts suicide. She throws herself off the cliff, and my mind was just blown, you know, because Celeste had been the, like a pillar of strength the entire game, and now when faced with a future of uncertainty and loneliness and despair, she 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 gave in. She you know she she lost her internal battle for a moment and looked for the easiest way out. She looked for the for the path of least resistance. Now, obviously, her suicide attempt didn't work, but I realized that if a strong character like Celeste could fall victim to her own demons, then a weaker character, a weaker person like myself could as well. And I resolved not to be that. I resolved not to be that person. So Celeste really, in a way, motivated me to to keep pushing forward. And I've used her as a, kind of like uh, a model um, as, or like, you know, an example for my own struggles uh, ever since going forward, um, which is why Celeste is just my absolute favorite character in the entire game, because she reminds me of being alone and and feeling like the entire world is against me. And um, you know, after her suicide attempt failed, she she picked herself up, she adjusted herself off, and she went on, and she was the one who brought the entire party back together, and that is what I have tried to do with my life ever since. I think, um, that's, a, I think that's a really interesting point that you bring up there, too, that they didn't, I mean, those kinds of thoughts, I mean, they can hurt anybody mm -hmm. in, you know, in whatever situation, and I think, I think it would have been very easy to go with a character who had been kind of the sad character the whole game or yeah. something, and just let, like, kind of make them, like, that, that sort of character, and, like, in, and just bring them to that point, but I think it was really interesting, and in that you hadn't seen anything like that from Celeste up to that point, just, I mean, yeah, to kind of illustrate what you said, that, that, that can happen, I mean, you never know. Well, and I think like the other really interesting part of that, and then I'll kick it over to you, Rebecca, is that they could have very easily gone with a character like Locke for that scenario. You're like, yeah. you know, like your male protagonist, but instead they chose Celeste. And um, and so like I, I, I really pre in like years, I didn't think about it then because I was just, you know, 14 years old and my mind didn't, I wasn't thinking about this kind of stuff at the time. But now looking back, I really appreciate the fact that they, you know, that that was a strong female protagonist. You know, that was a, you know, she was, I just one more way that Final Fantasy VI was kind of really ahead of its time. Uh, in my opinion, not just in, you know, th you know, themes of gender equality, but also themes of genocide, like, you know, like Finn pointed out and there's all kinds of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, what a, God, what a character, what a great fucking character Celeste is. Um, that Rebecca. was beautiful, John. Thank you for sharing. Oh, thank you, Natalie. I appreciate that. Um, uh, Rebecca, let's talk about your favorite character from the game. I, so Final Fantasy VI is interesting to me because I, I love the game so much, but I don't, I don't have a favorite character. There weren't any characters, like I love, I thought all of them had really interesting stories. Um, I loved Locke, I loved uh, Sabin, I loved, I, I loved Terra and Celeste for the reason you guys have suggested. Um, but I didn't have one that stuck out to me, and I think that is really important too. Uh, Final Fantasy VI is one of the few games I've ever played that has a true ensemble cast. Like you start yeah. out playing as Terra, and so you think in the first like hour or two of the game, oh, Terra's the main character, great. And yeah, a lot of the stuff revolves around her, but the the cast works together, and it's even at, at a certain point in the second half of the game, it's even as large or as small as you want it to be. But because of everything that you've gone through with them already, I mean, you can beat the game with what, like just Celeste, Sabin, and I think like- Setzer. Setzer, yeah. You can, yeah. Yeah, you can just finish up those three, but you're motivated to go find the rest <laughs> of them. I mean, maybe not the extra characters if you don't know they're there, but everybody that's been with you up to that point, like you want to go find them. You want to bring everybody together for this battle. And I, I just, I'm always impressed um, with like TV shows and movies, they can do a really strong ensemble cast, but I've very rarely seen a video game pull that off. And I think I think the thing, the theme that kind of hit me the most, just with the group as a whole, is that the majority of everyone's story arcs revolve in some way around family. Whether mm. that's yeah. and a lot a lot of them have to do with, you know, having either maybe having no family or having a 
like a, a family by blood that has either rejected you or that you've lost or, you know, something has come between you and them. But it, it comes together in finding a family in the people who are close to you and the people who are around you and the, the family that you choose rather than the family you're born into. And sometimes that is the family you're born into. Um, but I, I feel like all the storylines kind of revolved around that in some small way. And that was something especially that really resonated with me, um, especially like back in 2016 as I was kind of, because, you know, I have weird things with my family and I've had to kind of learn that, you know, you can you can choose the people who are going to be your family. And so I I loved everybody in equal measure. And I, days, I saved them all. One of these days, somebody's going to say, my favorite character is Umaro. Like the, <laughs> one of these days, it's going to be Gogo or, or, or Umaro from somebody. Rebecca, that was beautiful. Thank you very much for that. And I think that's a testament to how amazing this game is and how wonderful the writing is because it's really easy to make a cast that you can't pick a character that you like the most in because none of them stood out to you. Yep. But for none of them to, because you didn't like them, because they weren't interesting, but for none of them to stand out to you because they were all so good, that's really rare. And I think it yeah. speaks to yeah. They really are. And and they balance their arcs really nicely. I mean, some of them you do have to kind of track down. Like there's some stuff with Shadow that you have to actively yeah. seek. But for the most part, everybody has a pretty even time in the spotlight. And that, God, that's hard to do. Yeah. Uh, Derek, what about favorite characters for you? Uh, so for me, and again, like it's 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 an amazing ensemble cast. Um, it's it's to me, it is it is Tara and Celis like kind of together um, because it's hard because obviously like Tara is kind of your initial main character and stays like kind of the main character throughout and and Celis is 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 broadly like despite the fact that Locke you would think would really be your secondary protagonist based yeah. on pacing like he really becomes a tertiary protagonist by the time Celis yeah. comes around uh, as a relatively late addition to the core cast um, and what I find interesting is so there's this dynamic in a lot of media especially like media for young boys um you know games anime what have you um cartoons where you have your main character and then you have your kind of not necessarily rival character but there's always the character who's like a little bit older a little bit cooler um a little bit more like morally complex on the surface type of character right um and in a certain way it's interesting that to me tara and Celis like kind of fulfill because like Celis isn't actually really older than Tara right they're both like 17 like, 18 yeah well but Celis yeah, definitely so. codes like older um yeah. to me in the story like she came across I I had to find out later that she was intended to be that young and not much older she's um, a general so she kind of has yeah, that, yeah 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 um you know she she's kind of this more uh, she codes older. Um, Tara is a very serious character with a very, very serious storyline. She's not the traditional lighthearted protagonist, which is nice to see something kind of break that mold in its own right. But then Celis still gets to be kind of that slightly more serious mirror and at least on the surface to bounce off of compared to Tara being a little bit more blank slate E at the beginning and kind of coming into herself later. Um, and I love A, that they kind of a book. I mean, both characters break molds. Tara is not a very traditional protagonist. Um, you know, she's uh, a woman instead of a man. Um, she's not like this big, excited, happy, um, 
energetic, like positive type of character. And at she's the same kind time, of, at the same time, Derek, she's also not the you know like I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's very like she starts very truly blank and comes into herself. Um, you know, and then Celis is kind of like a little bit more traditionally in her role as that like coding older and cooler character. But again, that's usually a male pairing. Um, so to see that be two women was very, very interesting and, and very, um, you know, eye opening. Um, you know, uh, Nat, you said something earlier about how it was really, it opened your mind to see, uh, Tara find that love meant, you know, maybe motherhood instead of like romance. And it was like a different type of familial love. Uh, and how it's interesting that it took something like this to open your eyes to that. But, but I think it's actually speaks to the way that media in general really helps the stuff we consume at a young age is what introduces us to these concepts. Um, you know, I, I always say, say that, that we really benefited from growing up on like the golden age of Disney movies, right? Where they were, uh, not afraid to kind of hit some heavier subjects. Um, and in that same way, Final Fantasy six hitting on stuff like suicide, hitting on more complex concepts of love, uh, for me as a young man hitting on, Hey, here's the two biggest characters in the game being women instead of, of men, you know, that you're not supposed to insert yourself into but also i still connect with like that's not the sort of thing i was seeing in video games and that's kind of an eye-opener um and i really i respect the hell out of that because it also doesn't make a huge point of it but it's definitely making a point of it it was a very very intentional choice uh also so. that the romantic subplot was like kind of messy and it never yeah. was like the whole game, I'm yelling. I just want like Locke and Celeste to smooch already, but they don't, and that's. I, fine. I like it better like that actually. Like, yeah. I, no, it's it's I good to see stuff not be. I want to root for them, but also I'm like, you know, this was a good choice. Yeah, it's because sometimes it's not that clean, yeah. you know, and like that's good. It's it's like Tara not ending up with a man at the end. Like you know what? Sometimes it's not how it works, and sometimes it's not what everybody needs. Like that's yeah. not the end of everyone's emotional arc. And that, well, that was a good thing to be hit with, you know? Well, and, 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 you know, you, you know, you can take that and, you know, what Derek just said and, and take it to loop back to, you know, those children that Tara feels, you know, as a surrogate mother for at the end when they're escaping Kefka's tower, when it's crumbling, uh, Maduin appears out of his magicite crystal. And he says, if you can find something that you love to anchor yourself to this world, then maybe you won't disappear, you know? And it ended up being her love for those kids that caught that that was able to you know like that's what kept her from fading away with the rest of the espers was her love for those children uh which which is what i thought was really cool speaking um, of kefka we still haven't even gotten a touch on uh, on one of the best villains in the yeah, entire we're franchise gonna we're gonna get we gotta let <laughs> Finn right. talk about his character oh that's right yeah my yeah. bad finn hey. i'm sorry and and, and and after that we will we will talk about kefka of course um so in the interest of not repeating, I won't discuss Celis, even though she is far and away mine. Uh, fun note, uh, that will be our daughter's middle name. If you have, <gasps> have a daughter. We have, that has already been. If you have a son, make his name Ultros. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, can we so, back up? Ultros is my favorite character. No, Ultros, I will go with Edgar. Um, Edgar. I love Edgar as a character, whether it's because because outwardly, I feel like he right he can represent a lot of people in the sense that outwardly he's very uh filled with bravado and almost an arrogance, but inside he's filled with doubt. Yeah, he, he is. Yep. 
he wants what's best for his friends, even if he can't project that outright. He struggles with whether he or not he's made his father proud. Like who can't relate to like wondering, have you lived up to your parents' expectations? His relationship with his brother, I think, is one of the more understated relationships in the game where most people would just look like, oh, you cheated to become king, but that is not what went down at all. That's not why he used the trick coin. Uh, everything about his character I, I loved, even though I loved Celis more. Um, he was a, it was a close second for me, and I'm trying to divorce the fact from that he's my favorite character in game to use because I love his tool set. Oh tool, my tool, God. Tool yes. Awesome. Yeah, so the chainsaw unique. is overpowered. <laughs> That's yeah. ridiculous. That has, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not touching that part. It's, and I like just that opening moment when you get to Figaro and he's just this smarmy King that keeps hitting on Terra for no reason. And then you, his first interaction with Kefka and he's so flippant and nonchalant. And then you realize that he really does care and he almost cares too much, but his position and his role means that he can't be true to himself all the time. He has to put on that front and whether or not that's uh, for other people or himself is not ever a hundred percent clear. And I really like that. Even that this game, even the characters that could be brushed aside as the joke, like, oh, here's the older lecherous guy that just hits on every woman he sees, like such a such a trope. But instead of letting that be his character, just like everyone else, there's so many layers that you can uncover, whether directly into the plot or by going into all the side quests. And I just I love that about this game is that every character has so many layers, like another character, I won't go into him, but Shadow. Like he could have been the most one note character. Like he's just, he's just a cool ninja. Spoiler and that could have, that could have been enough father. for people, but there's so much more to shadow interceptor. Like all of that. I uh, could go into it forever, but my answer will be Edgar. Yes. So Finn, thanks man. That was great, dude. Um, and uh, of course, uh, there is so this is what I was looking forward to talking about the most, right? Because this is so so this is the character uh, who really like Celeste was my favorite character, but this is one of those characters that stuck with me for the rest of the series, right? And we're talking yep. about um I love that theme. Who can do Where's that? Gosling? Can we get so a gif good. of that? Yeah. <laughs> but uh so so uh Kefka. <laughs> Kefka is uh, our our the best Final Fantasy. The, the the he so so there's there's yeah. always that eternal debate about who's better, Sephiroth or Kefka, right? I am firmly in the it's Kefka. Kefka. The Kefka. Oh, it's camp. Kefka. Um, he doesn't have a reason for being evil. He yes. just is. But but, but that's so yeah. Good. But that's like so important, right? Because okay, so there are so many video games where there is a villain who does not have a reason for being evil. They are just set up as the bad guy. But like Final Fantasy VI, like goes like a weird step further right like they uh, they kind of like try to frame it as though they're they're gonna like maybe give him a reason but the reason is just he's a really just messed up fucked up person like yeah like they they make it clear that yeah there is no reason for him being this evil and that was intentional like sometimes people are just real messed up he just yeah. is well and i think there's a difference between like a lot of, of villains in media where they just don't have where they're just generically evil versus yeah. with kefka where they make it very clear like you can actually put a spotlight on the fact that there's not a reason versus just not bothering to give a reason. Right. And that, that makes a world of difference when you put that kind of focus on like, no, this dude's just bad shit. 
you know? Well, what's what's interesting Some about Some people Kefka... have made a very strong comparison to another clown, very famous clown character, and that's uh, the Joker from Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Where they both, they're, people I call admit, them crazy. I read his text in not. Mark Hamill's voice. They're so. very smart. It's just, they are psychotic and they love the the chaos and the evil like they thrive off of that that is yeah. that is what drives them but they're not dumb they're not insane like they know what they're doing they're very focused they just sh- crave that kind of there's uh, a sort of nihilistic like yeah. you know none of yeah. it fucking matters so why can't i just have everything you know and they surround him with other evil like the emperor they surround him with other characters that do have clear motivations for right. their wickedness and who maybe can be reasoned with on some level or another to stop the bad things that they're doing or not whatever but they give those characters like strong motivations so you can kind of see where they're coming from and then in comparison you have kefka who's just well, what's what's interesting about Kefka in comparison to Final Fantasy villains that preceded him, like Xdeath or Golbez, is that like those villains showed up a couple times during the game, and they had this really heavy, deep theme music, you know, with the organ playing, and they were all wearing dark, you know, dark, you know, forbidding armor. You couldn't see their faces, you know. They, you know, they had the red eyes peeking out from under the, you know, the darkness of their helm, you know, and they all had big swords, and they were big, dark, evil bad guy knights, right? Yeah. And then you have Kefka who is just in your face from 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 the, literally almost the very beginning of the game. Yeah. He's got this very impish, clownish, almost like just kind of fun little, uh, you know, theme song going on. And then he's walking through the desert and he's like, there's sand on my boots. And and like, and like when he said that, I was like, there's, there's something there's something up with this guy. And and Kefka was the first villain, I think, in the entire medium who honestly like he won. Like he, he won. Yeah, he wins yeah. like halfway That's- through the game. He wins. And um, and that like so I thought I don't know about you guys but the first time I played the game I thought the floating continent was the final dungeon I was like oh yeah. okay yeah. like here yeah we go. you're supposed to and uh, I was like here we go this is the this is this is it and then he pushes the emperor off the floating continent and moves the uh, and then I was like there's a whole other fucking game here <laughs> and um and 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 that's the thing is that what he did like that text when you see all the continents breaking apart it says that day the world changed forever and he did like even though you win at the end like he 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 rearranged the face of the planet for 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 forever like it's never yeah. going to go back they to don't the undo the snap like that's yeah, not like, how this works you know yeah. it's and then through the power of love and friendship we healed the land no. yeah and, no. and kefka is interesting in that he starts the game off as as a rather weak character, right? Like he's he and and then as, I thought a, he was gonna be like the the henchman that I was gonna have to fight like two or three times, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. Before I got to the eventual final boss, they framed him as like the joke character. He yeah. was not yeah. to be taken yeah. seriously. He was he was he was too goofy of a character to ever take seriously. And then with each progressive act, you're like, oh, well, this guy's maniacal. Yeah, and you know what's what I really loved was finally getting to his tower and realizing that it was made up out of the ruins of Vector, the imperial yes. capital. Um, and he had just basically torn Vector apart and pile stacked everything on top of each other, and um, created this tower of garbage. And uh, and eventually, uh, you know, you know, Rebecca, we were talking about motivations. Eventually, he did have a motivation, which was just to end all life. Yeah, like he um and 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 you saw his genocidal tendencies early on. I when he poisoned the entire city of Doma. Was the yep, first time in a game that that uh, and, and like Natalie, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the first. I that was my first memory of actual genocide in a video game. That's the beginning of the game, right? Like it's pretty. Yeah, it's very close to the beginning. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's during that part where they're yeah. they're all on the raft and everybody splits up. 
Yeah, I remember being a bit shocked, but it, it's amazing how the game handles his writing because at one point there, I think it's his famous quote where he goes, there's a reason oppose rhymes with dispose. Dispose, yeah. I love it so much. And so like, like I knew he just killed off an entire town, but they play around with him and that line is so funny and they show just how kind of, I don't know, like insane he is. Um, that I just, I found him really funny and I found myself rooting for him a little. Like I wanted everyone to win <laughs> in the end, but I was always looking forward to what he would do next. He's a and terrible like, villain yeah. that you kind of love to hate, you know? Oh, yeah. He's yeah. He's, yeah. he's got so much, and that's why, you know, people say, oh, is it Sephiroth or Kefka is the better, the best Final Fantasy villain? And it's like, Kefka has so much personality. You love every minute that he's on screen. Uh, he breaks so many molds for villains in general, not just Final Fantasy villains. Um, you know, Sephiroth's just tragic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sephiroth's very pain-by-numbers compared to Kefka's... We'll get him, don't worry. Yeah, we'll get to him, but Kefka's so, this very unique, very interesting, like, and, and very enjoyable villain. Like, he's <laughs> terrible, he does terrible things, but, you know, at the same time, Every time he's on screen, it's it's enrapturing. And you know, I, like, I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that he has that entire final boss sequence with you know the um, those representations of Kefka, you know that that almost organic tower that you have to climb before you fight Kefka himself had. I really like, so I grew up Catholic, right? Like, yeah, I'm not a Protestant yeah! Catholic, but I grew, up, I grew up Catholic, and so I saw all that religious allegory. Uh, in his um, in his final boss fight, you know, where um, it was almost an inversion of the Holy Trinity, and uh, you know, starting off, um, yeah, as you climb the tower, you have those those manifestations of Kefka, especially on the third tier, when it's basically um, when it's basically uh, you know, it's like the Virgin Mary, and then Kefka lying in you know, kind of reclining in front of her. And then, you know, you, you ascend to the heavens and then, but instead of, instead of, you know, like, you know, a divine figure coming down, it's Kefka has taken on a very Luciferian uh, persona. You know, he's like, a, he's basically, you know, I mean, he's the God of magic at that point. And he he's is now the source, angel. he is now yeah. the source of all the magic in the world. And so I really, and, and Dan, dancing mad, which is that entire 12 minute Best long. Oh my thing. God. Yeah. Like do yourselves a favor, like today. The Black Mages, which is oh, uh, so uh, Uematsu, Uematsu's so uh, band. Uh, Natalie, I don't know if you're familiar with the Black Mages. Yes, uh, I believe they performed. I went to two Distant Worlds concerts, mm. and then I went to a Video Games Live concert. I'm not sure if they performed they, there. I believe they listen did. to their rendition of Dancing Mad. It is yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's fantastic. it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. And and like you know, like uh, like. In a weird way, Kefka is a, one of the strongest characters in the game simply because he he really works hard to make you hate him. Like he really and and what is interesting is that he there's no monologue at the end when you kill him. There's no, no like you know no. He just he's like you got me you know and yeah. and he just fizzles away into nothing. But and, and it's and like I got the and maybe I'm reading too deep into it, but I got the impression that he was either way he was just fine with it because it's you know he won and it's just all chaos. And yeah. uh, and he's perfectly okay with it. He's like, whatever. I did what I needed to do. Um, but uh, yeah, like he, like he he was almost like what you would get if you took a petulant child and and threw him in the body of a mass murdering clown. Like and that's, gave him godlike power. Yeah, that's uh, yeah yeah. Kefka is just an absolutely phenomenal character. So at, at, at the end of the day, uh, Final Fantasy VI is just one of those games that 
was way ahead of its time. And in the sea of JRPGs that, that came after, I think still still to this day holds up as the abs in my opinion anyway, is the absolute pinnacle of the entire genre. And and you're not wrong. And I think one of the things that helps it stand out and something that the genre itself falls into so many times is Final Fantasy VI does not fall into repeating anime tropes no. like so yeah, many no. JRPGs do. Like they none of the story beats play out in a way that especially in 94 would ever be considered a cliche like the game kept subverting itself and the genre so many times because like you mentioned like golbez and other characters like at no point did the uh the final boss have a dramatic reveal that he was related to one of your family members (laughs) they didn't replace kafka with someone else two-thirds of the way through the game in the in the 11th hour by necron or something yeah uh there there was so much that just was done superbly throughout that some games still struggle to today like it's really hard now to play pick a random jrpg and not have moments where you just cringe at the dialogue some rpgs have not aged right. well like oh. realm and gao are the are like i guess the kid characters and neither of them talk in an insufferable way but if you <laughs> play like even another recent great one like lost odyssey the kid characters in that yeah. are just grown in for as, for as much as i do love final fantasy 13 like every time hope opens his mouth i just want to like peel the skin off my face right. like, <laughs> if, a, if a brand like, I new i say this loving the franchise if a brand new where kid characters have to be these insufferable little like people yeah in 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 six when you encounter a kid character they they were just a well-fleshed out written character like yeah i don't know man so um so so the final fantasy six discussion has gone twice as long as as our our (laughs) our normal final fantasy discussions so before you end it before you end it go ahead one sentence the opera is fucking amazing we never talked about the opera it's fucking amazing that is my the music in this game is fantastic. It I is. loved Tara's overworld theme. When it hit me, I was like, this is fucking corridors of I mean, time. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, Rebecca. Is that like, I mean, we haven't even touched on the multiple, like you guys remember the theories about how you could revive General Leo yeah. or, 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 you know, no. like, like, you know, the opera. Oh, okay. I guess that was before your time. But there, Actually, were, there were all these theories that you could revive, you know, you could revive Leo or, you know, talk about, you know, uh, I mean, just uh, Mog, you know, Mog as a character or the fact that, you know, you know, you know, almost everybody Ultros! plays. Ultros. Ultros. Yeah, Ultros. Everybody plays through the game thinking that you can't. You know, like not knowing you can save Shadow on the on the floating continent. Right. John, like, I want to say I know we're running long, but I think it, it we would be remiss if we didn't end by <coughs> everyone. We told we open with everyone's favorite character. How about we end with everyone saying their fi- favorite like moment slash scene? Like what part of the story was everyone's favorite? That way, I I, I, I don't want to have like a long discussion about it because we are running yeah, seriously over. Yeah, just, 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 just list them. So we'll start with Natalie. Uh, the opera. That's a good one. Uh, Rebecca. The opera is an easy one, but I think uh the coin flip scene was, I don't know, it was special. That's excellent. Uh, Derek. The opera. I mean, yeah. Finn. Did you say Finn? Yes, yes. I said Finn. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, the 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 destruction of the world of, of balance, just yes. And I'm because I can't say opera. Yeah. And uh, and I have two, which are the opera, and actually I have three. Uh, the opera, uh, the the you know you know the world of ruin, uh, you know the world being torn apart, and uh, of course uh, Sabin and suplex and Gatrain because ah! that should be everybody's. <laughs> 
bitch, I'm motherfucking savage. I mean, literally, this is such a good game. You could talk about Final Fantasy VI for hour. I'm actually gonna bring up Final Fantasy VI as a counterpoint to in in the Seven show because there's something that Six does that gets lost in future games. Um, But in the interest of time, I will hold on to that. Okay. All right. Well, thank you everybody for uh, for staying staying with us, and uh, we will be we will be back uh, next week with our discussion on Final Fantasy VII. So we will see you guys then. (laughs) 